Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One psychic cat. One bearded man boy. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news you use, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. If you're uh, listening closely in the intro, you can hear Robbie break a little bit as I edit our document and change it to read man boy at the last possible moment. It's a it's a stealth. It's, it's a, a timely st- edit. Yeah, right in right in right at nick right in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just felt, it just felt right, you know. It's you're not wrong. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Hans, how are you guys doing? We are discussing Runaways, mm-hmm. volumes one and two, Rainbow Rowl and Chris Anka later on in Nerba Book Club. There's psychic cats in there. There's bearded man boys in there. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's um eternal children. Yes. There like there, there are. Like magic. Glowing lesbians. Yeah, a lot of that. Flying too. lesbians. Yep. Um I mean it's just the Don- whole package, really. Don- dinosaurs. P- pretty dresses. Yeah, that's true. so many pretty dresses. Yeah, it wouldn't be Chris Anka if it was if there weren't yeah, a lot of pretty you- dresses. If you like pretty dresses, do I have a comic book for you? We'll talk about that much later on. Much more pretty dress talk. Almost exclusively, I can say. I don't think we're going to really talk about pretty dresses that much. This is sad to say. Eric, don't let them know. I think they should know. I think we have to be upfront about who we are. Okay. The, 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 The male energy with this podcast is pretty strong. Uh, Yes, uh, I agree. We can move on now until to, to talk about our first our, our our first segment. It is time for Floppies Fortnightly. Floppies Fortnightly is the segment. How long are you where, keeping that up, Bob? How long do you have? I don't I don't have I don't have time to bleed. Please, uh, please <laughs> use your regular voice. Floppies Fortnightly is the part of the show. Eric and I review a selection of this past couple weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. A meter mush meter goes from one to five depending if we're feeling mushy about a comic book um <laughs> our first book is faithless number one where there's i don't understand why is there no credits on the credits written by brian azarello with <laughs> art by maria lovett letters by and world design what what is this eric what is this book i'm gonna be honest i really liked it until the end okay it is a bunch of crazy nonsense, but I just enjoyed it on like a weird comic perspective. It reminded me immediately of James Harvey. Um, Why didn't you like the ending? Because it completely is out of left field from everything else that it's doing. It's like you're, I don't know, you're going to give a girl head and then turn to worms. I'm like, that's a, like everything else, not, that doesn't, I don't know. Not enough foreshadowing does not feel right. 
too much of a shocker hook, and I feel cheated. Oh, I had the exact opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, until that point, I thought, eh, this is fine, but I'm probably not gonna... I don't really... It's just, like, so kind of ephemeral. Like, it's just like, hey, mm-hmm. there's weirdo, she meets this, like, kind of hobbyist uh, Wiccan girl, meets this weirdo blue-haired girl who watches her ex-stalker boyfriend commit suicide. Uh, and then I'm, and I'm like, okay, this is very strange and everything. What's the deal? And then I'm like, that shocker in name, like, okay, no, I'm curious. What? I mean, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> too, but I also feel like, I feel like it's phony to just throw it in there in one panel. I mean, I don't care. Honestly, because it's the thing that makes me interested and I want to know what's going... Like, I don't... I I, I think that, that at least tells me something about this blue hair girl that I didn't... Like, I don't know anything about her other than she's a weirdo uh, who doesn't really mind that this guy committed suicide, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is not too concerned about it enough to, like... She's cool to go on a date immediately afterwards. <laughs> uh... But that the ending, it was, I mean, like, okay, that explains some of her bizarre behavior. Because she's some sort of monster lady? Or something? I don't can, know. Can you, can, you, can you say monster lady like that again? Monster lady? Lady! Lady! Oh, huh? <laughs> um, I don't know. My initial thought is the, the, I, I don't. I honestly have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't, like, even before that, like, yes, it's a weird, a very weird tonal shift that this Mm -hmm. lady just turns into worms right in the middle of sex. But it's a tonal shift that I can appreciate because it makes me more interested. I don't really care about them kind of meandering around and just going on a date for 20 pages. It's not that it's bad. I think it looks beautiful. I think the dialogue is fine. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just like, why am I reading this comic book? It's just a date. Cool. I'm going to tell you the part of me that likes Mad Woman of the Sacred Heart likes this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that that basically is how I classify this. This is this is like, almost like a more well-written Jodorowsky comic. And I don't know, the artist reminds me of uh, uh, an artist that I really admire. It looks really fun. I would I would absolutely read a weird Zoe comic about like completely superfluous lesbian adventures. I I I don't know. I absolutely enjoyed it. I liked looking at it. It was fun. And to me, I was picking up what they were putting down and a hard swerve like that was just weird. I would maybe pick up the second one, but it just to me it's off it's odd i am 100 percent an excited buy are you kidding me yeah i'm not i'm in wild i this is this is my favorite book of the week by far and it's Um, it's 100 because of that that swerve at the end i mean i can i can see that it redeems the rest of the book because i don't i want we're it's it's amazing that we could not be further apart on this we're exactly the opposite. It, like it, 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 it kind of ruins the book for me, and it's absolutely what puts you over. That's so amazing to me. So, wh- where are you? Are you a buy, Eric, or are you not a buy? 
I am a little bit mushy, honestly. Okay. I think I'll I'll go full straight in the middle. Straight in the middle. We don't have a straight in the middle. Three, three and the five is straight in the middle. <laughs> is Two it? on either side. Okay. We've had this. We've had this debate we have, also. We, we have. I don't remember. If you that. if you put five things on your desk, yeah, and I say pick out the middle one, and you say there's no middle, I'm gonna tell you you're stupid. I'm gonna say five is not <laughs> evenly divisible. Is what I would say. Faithless <laughs> number not one. What I said. Faithless number one. Double by with a split decision of. It would have, well, it wouldn't be split. It's double by, but a mush breeder of 1.5 after we do more math, because it's very important. Next book is Magnificent Miss Marvel number two, written by Saladin Ahmed. Pencils, Mink, Minkyu Jung. Inks, Juan Velasco. Colors, Ian Herring. Letters, Joe Caramagna. So after last issue's dramatic conclusion, mm-hmm. we got to go find uh, Kamala's unmelted parents. Yeah. And fight more Mighty Morphin Power Ranger monsters. It's true. I'm I'm all on board for this. I am not going to bail out now. <laughs> okay. But this episode is just completely falls flat for me. What, this issue or the arc? This, this, this issue. I feel like it really deflated all the pressure that I was feeling from the parents. Like, and, and maybe that's fine. But for it to be resolved so easy and like... What is this? This this these alien people or whatever in the hell they are. Mm-hmm. They're I, like they're like uh, they're like wise men. I would say. Yeah. They're like yeah. they're like missionaries. I would. I'm guessing. I, I I don't know. Like I don't I don't care. It doesn't it doesn't really super excite me. I'm want, sure is, it will be fine. Do you want more? Is it you want more low level? Adventures in Jersey City. I don't. I I don't really care. I I think that Ahmed can do what he wants, and I'm interested to see what he's going to do. This just doesn't do it for me. It just feels like existing for an issue, and I don't feel like it capitalizes enough and is big and fun enough. I think I don't know. Seeing this, who the hell is this guy? Discord. This mm-hmm. derp stand around and the, the, the convenience store boy monologue at, I mean, I, I, I don't know. This is just a bunch of fluff. This is a, a delay issue with one reveal and it doesn't do it for me. It's doesn't mean that this arc is going to be bad. It just means that I'm going to read this and not really think about it again. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I think this is one. I think it, I actually thought the parents thing was. I think ultimately, like I feel like it needed to be resolved quickly because it rings false to me, and especially rings false to me with someone like with Kamala, who is intimately aware of superhero shenanigans and you know double, you know doppelgangers and stuff like that. I think she's because she likes superheroes so much. I think she'd be very aware of these kind of almost like that it's not quite a meta awareness of these tropes mm-hmm. but it is like she writes fan she walk, fiction she walks the line of, of yeah. meta awareness but i think she, she she's barely removed from gwenpool honestly right as she's like because she's such a hyper fan of superheroes herself mm-hmm. i think keeping her like i my biggest criticism of this issue is the fact that she's so affected by it when i'm 
clear like even at the at that that last story beat in the that first issue i was like oh obviously it's not her real parents you know i think they're they're probably fine somewhere they got kidnapped and she's gonna go look for them and i think that's i i think her by the end of the issue that's she's kind of like yeah i'm she's once she's more concerned about where are her real parents and she you know finds them but also is you know presented with these weird missionaries and Mm -hmm. i i'm i'm intrigued by that i really i want to know what these guys what these they think she's like some some prophetic figure i think that's very interesting i want to know what that means for kamala like i think it's time for her if this pulls her off planet i'm totally cool with that i i'm i think it's time for her to spend a little bit of time away from her her new her, jersey new jersey yeah i think she needs to branch out just I, an arc or two and then kamala's I, just gonna grow up to be that person that never leaves her hometown i mean <laughs> i i would absolutely peg that as a future story arc of like her wanting <laughs> her having like obligation to defend this little tiny town and then also like no you're you're part of the avengers now you gotta go live in new york city or whatever i don't know i'm a buy i think it looks beautiful still um i think it's it's written well uh ahmed can do no wrong with me uh i'm a a bye (sighs) um i'm just a little bit disappointed in this issue there's nothing bad or wretched about it um i think it's gonna end up being good it's fine (laughs) it's just it's a it's a very meh buy but it's more on my feelings on the promise of the series at at, at large at you know in a whole um so yeah it's fine eh. <laughs> what does that mean give me a number it, i'm not i'm not giving you any number i said what i said you said it's a buy did you yeah then what is it just yes. a straight up a buy yeah but oh. i'm just kind of well, uh, okay i'm just saying it's, it feels like you gotta give me some wish number i don't know. I feel like i was about to get a number i don't like a, i don't, a, I don't gotta do anything uh, i don't want to uh, do you uh, okay you, you ain't you ain't the boss of me damn i shit. just i just know what you sound like i'm a i'm a bearded man boy all right all right chase that's a double buy <laughs> magnificent miss marvel number two next up is mary shelley monster hunter number one Written and written co-creator by Adam Glass and Olivia Quartero Briggs, Art Hayden Sherman, Sal Cipriano on letters. Eric, your <laughs> my contempt is just roiling your, your, off of me. Your, your sound effects. I was really the me just saying the title made you had to go. You had to just you had to like the sound escape from yeah, you. I had, I had to I had to make a horse noise into the microphone. Is really critical. So I'm guessing you did not enjoy this. Um, not wholly. Okay, but I mean, I don't think that it's wretched. Uh, I I, I think that it is maybe. I, I think it is. It's got a lot of great craft to it. Um, I think both in terms of you know the, the dialogue writing, um, maybe even the shape of this issue. Uh, I think the art, it's a little, it's a little, um, I don't know, somewhere between like a Klaus or even a uh, nightly news sort of look that I don't, I kind of don't like, but it's way more artistic than that. It's like those aesthetics, and I don't know, I'm not big on Daniel Klaus, but you know, you know how I feel about that 
weird limited color that he does. Yes. This is this is this is I think much more energetic and skilled. I actually tremendously enjoy this this art, but does what what if I say it reminds me of Jason Latour a little bit? I think it's interesting that you say that. I don't particularly see it. I'm willing to hear you out on that statement. I think it's mostly like kind of a lot of angular features on people and kind of brutishness that comes oh, through oh, at, oh. at times. So you said Latour, and for some reason, it must be the bearded man boy in me that I thought of Jason Aaron. No. And, Lat- I, and I, I was like, how is this like a Jason Aaron no, comic? This is definitely not no, a Jason I, Aaron I, comic. I get the, 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 the comparison to the Latour is extremely apt. Um, so I, okay, I, I, it's, this is a book about. So far, you're correct. Victorian authors actually being house guests with the actual Dr. Frankenstein, mm-hmm. who's actually a lady, mm-hmm. and Mary Shelley is gonna <laughs> fight monsters. I, 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 you're, I, the, I'm just saying, I think the art is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think the writing is very good. And already this premise is literally aimed, like, it is a thing that is up directly up my alley. Yes, that's, that, that, it, this is definitely more of a you than a me thing. I'm, there, it makes fun of some of these blowhard poets, which I am 100% for. <laughs> that's, I'm fine with that too. I am, but. I am a buy. I, I thoroughly, I, I, I don't know if, like, I don't think, I think the Monster Hunter, like, there's so many. There were, I, I, I think it's actually this book's benefit that it's like a several years removed from like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and all those kinds of things that came out all at once. It's a couple years after that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, fr- frankly, that this title does this book a disservice. Um, I because I don't think it matches what the tone of this book is. I think if you like Frankenstein, the original novel and you know anything about Mary Shelley, you will enjoy this comic. I am the both of those people. So I'm I a, think I'm a buy. Frankenst- I think you mean Frankenstein's Monsters novel. I'm th- I, I actually meant Footenstein. Foot- yes, Footenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's Monsters Footenstein. I'm a, I'm a buy. Um, I'm just going to put this out there that I think I hate everything about the Victorian era. Okay. I hate everything about the book Frankenstein. I hate Lord Byron. I hate Percy Shelley. <laughs> um, I hate I hate every bit of this subject matter. Um, I like Boris Karloff. That's 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 hashtag my Frankenstein. <laughs> what about um, what? About... <laughs> fuck! <laughs> fuck! Fuck Boris Karloff. <laughs> What are you talking about? Have you not seen Ed Wood? No. Oh god, that's the problem. You need to see it, Ed Wood. Oh my god. Fuck, fuck, Karloff. (laughs) I am aware of it. This is this is Johnny Depp playing Ed Wood, right? Yeah, Johnny Depp plays Ed Wood, but Martin Landau plays Bella Lugosi. And okay. Bella Lugosi—that was, that was him. And, and the and the version of Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood <laughs> hates Boris Karloff. <laughs> and so whenever and Ed Wood is whenever Ed brings up the idea, brings up Boris Karloff or mentions him, Bella Lugosi is like, "Fuck Karloff." 
He was a hack! Or whatever he <laughs> oh, says. It's, I love Ed, it so much. Edward's it's amazing. So good. It's the best Tim Burton movie. That's so good. Oh my god. I, so I, you hate, I you really, hate, you hate I, all these I things. Really, huh? Except for Boris Karloff, you hate all these things. I really do. I don't know where I'm at on this book. Um, because this could literally turn into a thing that I enjoy, despite having a starting point of just taking all this shit that I hate and putting it, locking me in a box with it. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see. What does that mean? Well, give me a, give me a, give me a... I, 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 Hmm? I don't know, man. Can Ooh. I abstain on this no, one? No, 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 no. I don't, no, no, I don't no. have a clue. You gotta set a, You gotta put your foot <laughs> 236 somewhere. 236 ep- episodes, and this is one abstention. No, no, <laughs> no abstaining. There's, there's. You gotta guilty or not guilty. You have to choose. I know. I know. There's no, no hung jury. No hung. No, we don't. Well, oh man, I could do so many. I'm gonna say we. No, no. There's a. There's always a dick joke. Come on. No, it has to be. Yeah. Um. Jeez, Louise. <sighs> it, it's really only my preciousness in in my 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 pet hates here. I think I I I think in all actuality this is a good comic, and I don't know, like Lady Doctor Frankenstein with a shotgun, kind of awesome. There's a there's a I don't know. I think there's legitimately a lot of good stuff to love in here, and I I think to escape this with my pride intact i'd say i'm a buy five on the mush meter okay that's a double buy mush meter of 2.5 on mary shelley monster hunter number one next up is fair lady number one written by brian Shermer, illustrated by claudia baboni colored by marissa louise letters designed by david bowman all right that was our review of fair lady number one next up is that's that's that that's about right it's got a cat man in it it does don't have call a, him a cat man you mean chewy chewbacca i mean to her, this han solo shoe, the, the, the 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 shoe fits i it at this i don't i i abs like i think okay i think the art in a vacuum is very good i think it's fine i don't think it does a good job of telling this this story very well. I 100% agree. Because it robs it of most of its urgency and immediacy. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is theoretically like a supposedly a hard-boiled detective kind of story. Mm-hmm. It's a, a private eye trying to find a lady who's embezzled money and yet like all these shots of all this art is like very removed and there is a page in this, Eric, which is baffling to me. It is page 19 on the Comixology. Uh, It'll jump to it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Where we have a picture of like a psychic type character. I don't know her exact powers, but she we see her. She's floating in midair the first time we see her. And she can touch this thing and this this artifact. And she immediately knows it is knows it is a piece of a human skull. And then there is a page of her just looking sad, looking at this bone. And then on the on the on the right side of the page are just it's just text, a lot of it. A a, a, a dump of stuff, yes. Uh, yes, a lot of text. And it is describing this a very emotional moment 
that involves this artifact of that it is a like an, uh, a a fossil from a battle, a great battle where humans were human remains were turned basically into this little tiny stone, and it's like a weird, terrible uh, souvenir basically that people took from this awful, awful war. Why don't we see that stuff drawn on the page? Question mark. Why don't we see this great battle? Why don't we see the people get reduced to this this little this little stone? Why don't we see people gleefully pick it up and run away with it instead of trying to communicate it with text? This is not a novel. This is a comic book. Why aren't we shown this? It's the old adage, tell, don't show. And that it's not the only thing I think that is wrong with this comic, but it is the thing that immediately stood out to me as I was reading. And I, it, it, like, in a, in like a kind of concrete way, this book, it, it does what you need it to. It tells you most of the information you get. You go, hey, it's from A to B to C. They're trying to find this girl. They eventually do. Uh, she is, for some reason, she's captured by, she's like, stuck in this place and she's half naked i don't understand that but you're like okay and then it resolves itself and they you know they let her go instead of turning her into the authorities i don't i don't care at any point mm-hmm. i'm sorry no it um i i think at least for me mm-hmm. this book is just completely flat i i i concur no emotional impact no attachment to anything that's going on so yeah, it uh, it didn't it didn't do it for me. And I don't. I like what you said about it though. It's a good observation, but I don't think I I. It was hard for me to get deep enough into this book to have an observation. I think that informed. I mean, that's it. There's just nothing. The, the I I don't know where where it just feels like it's not anything. It's just it's just like a bunch of a bunch of it's a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. So it's just it ends up feeling kind of like nothing. It feels like a loaf of white bread. You know, it's just air. When you squeeze it, it turns into a little tiny nothing. I'm a do not buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no thanks. Our last book of the week is Spiderman, Spider-Man Life Story number two, written by Chip Sadarsky, pencils Mark Bagley. Uh, inks Drew Hennessy, colors Frank Diamarta, letters Travis Lanham. Have you seen that Chip Zdarsky vandalized his own Wikipedia page? Uh, no, I've not seen that, but uh, none of that surprises me. He listed himself as being 113 years old because he, he got his picture taken in some stupid um, uh, steampunk cosplay shit. He is, that sounds like Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. He is a multi-dimensional idiot. He is. He does a lot of. He, he is. He contains multitudes. He does. I I have a better handle on what this what this series is. I guess at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it is real time, as far as I can tell. Yeah. We are going to be following. There's Spider Man's going to be sixty years old by the time we get to the end of this thing. So I'm very curious what that's going to do. Um, Flash Thompson died in Vietnam. Otto's a good guy now. Reed Richards is a dirty hippie. Mm-hmm. And he's divorced. And he's divorced. Sue Sue left him for Namor. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Neymar, though. I mean, I'm... He's he's ripped. He walks around in his underwear. He's got wings on his ankles. He can fly. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't know. I, do you... You were pretty... You were, you were pretty happy with that first issue. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about this one, Eric? This one's this one's got me mushing it up a little bit. The clone saga they had adapted it for the seventies era <laughs> stuff and don't even don't even say those words. Clone saga? Mm. Cursed. I I I mean, I agree with you. There have been multiple attempts to try and salvage that in different many in different time periods. very recently Going back, like, multiple, like, I would probably, uh, five to six different times, just off the top of my head, they've tried to take something good out of the Clone Saga, and or redo it, or remix it to make it better than it, what it is. This is no, I don't, I don't want this. I don't, I never want, I don't, I don't ever want clones of Peter Parker. Ever. There's there's kind of a lot in here that's kind of unpalatable to me. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it's it, it it's it's actually almost turning the corner into something that I would hate read. <laughs> really? Yeah, honestly, like I do, I I I don't hate it that much, but I definitely don't like what it's doing. Like it just makes me uncomfortable, and I just want to see what in the fuck is this weird thing gonna do. And, like, I'll read a story that is so obviously not going to affect the whole rest of continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was just discussing how, you know, if you had done Secret Empire or any of the, the terrible events that everyone's hated as a standalone what-if story, it's fine you can ask those questions. You can do a weird, stupid thing like this. And it's enjoyable, and at the end of the day, I can put it down and never think of it again. I, there's some stuff in this that gives me joy. There's some of it that I don't like. But at the end of the day, like, it's going to end, and that's good. <laughs> so I I am still morbidly curious, despite having some serious reservations with whatever in the... F- Fucks, Darsky's doing with this. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's very strange, and it's, oh, it's weird. The time period stuff is very strange. It feels like, oh yeah, Flash dies in Vietnam, and then Peter goes to a disco, mm-hmm. and now in the in the the little the one page teaser for the next issue, it has Spider Man in the black costume, and it has missiles dropping from spider webs. With the Soviet hammer and sickle on them. So, <laughs> Cold War Spidey. You know, I don't I don't know. I also, I think, I'm reading this solely out of curiosity at this point. Mm-hmm. It is, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. I know more like, oh, it's following the normal Spider-Man timeline. And I guess Spider Peter's going to age with it. And he's going to be, you know, in his 30s in the next issue. And then his 40s and then his 50s. And you're like, okay, that's interesting in and of itself. And they've already, Gwen doesn't die in this necessarily. Not the way that she does canonically. She is, her 
original body is dead so her clone is going it whatever clone saga is ter- stuff is always terrible um but i think i'm a buy like mark mark bagley is always good his art it is- looks it looks nice i have not historically been the the biggest fan but he uh, i love the way it looks it looks good he's drawn a lot of spider-man in his life uh with his run on ultimate with uh bendis um and now that he's kind of only doing i think he's only doing work on books that he has personal interest in things he wants to i guess he has he's not do he's not doing regular comic work anymore probably mm-hmm. only probably limited series or stuff that he you know finds exciting when he gets pitched to him um i i'm a buy out of morbid curiosity as you said so mm-hmm. take that for what it is i it's a I, I'm. I don't know. I want to know what's gonna happen in this weird book. I don't. What's gonna? Was is Spidey gonna end up in like Soviet Russia fighting Craven or something in issue three? I don't know. It could, could happen. Be. It might. I mean, maybe. Maybe you should be writing this book. Leave him a cryptic message on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's the only way to communicate with Jim Sadarsky. I. I mean, he's he learned it from Matt. I think. Don't even. Don't. Don't. You kidding? It's that's pure joy. I really enjoy his weird shit. You don't have to. You don't have to uh, encourage him. I will encourage him. Okay, good. Great. They're they're, I, they're outlandish and that. I, I'm a buy on Matt's weird shit. This maybe I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a buy uh, I'm a buy mush five. I think I, it's that weird to I, me. I think I also agree with you. I think that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that I, adequately I reflects. Yes, I don't think I'm. I'm not like I'm not likely to skip out on this. Like this is definitely a story that like I want to see what he does with it and read the whole thing and maybe even own the whole trade. But it's gonna be a weird thing that I'm gonna appreciate on an artistic level and maybe never want to read again. And you hand it to someone, you're like, you need to read this. It's insane. It's a yeah. Spider-Man story where Flash dies in Vietnam and Cap has gone rogue. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. This is some fucking depressing shit. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. Also, there's a clone saga in the 70s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a double buy with Mushmeter 5 on Spider-Man Life Story number 2. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for Checking In. Checking In is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks. Uh, if, if we have movies or books or video games we want to talk about, or anything, frankly, we can talk about it. So how was Shazam, Eric? You know, it was a very fun movie. Um, and I think that that's a thing that we've been missing for a while um i'm trying to think if there have been any other good dc movies other than uh wonder woman i haven't really watched a whole lot of them did you see aquaman you saw aquaman oh god aquaman was abysmal (laughs) it really was so popular and not a good movie just not a good movie just bad i mean i don't I mean, there's the Man of Steel, there's Batman v Superman, there's Avengers, yep. Justice League. Yeah, Avengers. Avengers, a good DC movie. Justice yeah. League, and I think of Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Those are all the movies so far. Yeah. Suicide Squad. 
Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is the one, the first, yes. Um, I would say certainly compared to that whole roster, this is this one is the most fun. I think it it is it is the best film uh, because I would say that Wonder Woman was previously the contender for the best film. Although, I mean, I you know, full admission, I have not watched any of those other films. You watched uh, Man of Steel, didn't you? You don't need to watch Man of Steel, Eric. No, I know. I remember your angry review about it. Injustice League. Um, I haven't seen. I, I don't need to. I didn't see Batman v Superman because why would I hurt myself that way? And from all the things I've read about it, seems like it's. I. I don't think I ever want to see that. So. Yeah, it you know, doesn't. I don't it, think I mean, the, I don't think they're contending for. I haven't seen Shazam yeah. or Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm the, I don't, but I, I, when you say that they're better sight unseen, I hundred percent believe they're better than any of those mm-hmm. previous movies. Yeah. W- Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman had a low bar, but it was still pretty good. It could have been, I think better. And I kind of wish that it had gone for the brass ring a little bit more. Um, Shazam is just hilarious and fun. And I don't know. It, it's it's just good it's kind of the way that deadpool was a very good kind of outlier film you know right it it, it kind of reminds me of that it's like it's pg-13 deadpool kind of is it even pg-13 i think it, it it's certainly it's it's certainly not rated r no i thought it was rated pg it it very well could be i mean it's i think very safe and kid friendly um it's just it's cute it's really fun no, you're right. It's PG- I it like is, it tremendously. It is PG-13. Which, whatever. It right. there's there's it there's not a lot of swearing in it. I have no idea. I I get. I think they make things PG-13 when shit's too scary for little kids. And there's definitely like you know this is the thing that you would bring a tween to, and that's about it. But whatever. Um, good movie. Really hilarious. Uh, absolutely go see it. I liked it better than Wonder Woman. Um, cool. So the, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say. Right. I don't. I, the, the story. It, like, it's simple. You know, it's simple and everything works. That's so it's it. The storytelling is tidy. That's what I like. There's nothing. There's nothing weird. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing weird about it. You know, uh, Wonder Woman, I think, like, tried to do too much and then got to the end with the, the big bad. And it was just felt stupid. But, you know, it just worked and we were just so happy for it to not be a disaster. Um, But Shazam is better. Okay. Really, really solid book or book. Everything is a book and an episode. I don't know words anymore. This is a movie. It's a movie. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. You like it. Yes. Okay. That should be your takeaway. I liked a movie. I am dumb. (laughs) You know what I do like? Like you like uh, Japanese wrestlers wrestling in mm-hmm. your hometown. Yes, yeah, that's that that happened. It was pretty neat. You you went to NXT house show in in Tampa. That's true. I was not even aware that this was a live event and not any kind of taping. I was not aware aware of the uh, the the sort of different delineations there because when you and I went long ago, it was. To taping, and yes. I thought that they were all tapings. No. This was basically an indie wrestling show 
with WWE people in it. Right. Yeah, basically. That's what NXT shows. Um, I mean, that's even what... I mean, that's... Uh, the house shows, the the, mm-hmm. the main roster house shows are basically that, too. <laughs> even though yes. they're on a larger scale, generally, but yes. they're still very much like little a looser looser thing than you know yeah you know we have to worry about a hard camera and getting us getting lines read and storylines progressing it's more just like let's we'll wrestle some matches uh you know we might have some 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 promos going on but it's a little looser you know kind of thing depending on the show you got to see kushida though so i i did and and we discussed that, you know, I, I couldn't find any information. You said to look up who the Florida roster was, and I couldn't find that information. Um, it's and they never released the cards. It's not easy to, like, because they have NXT, largely they have two, yeah. they have guys that tour outside of Florida, and then people who tour inside of Florida do the Florida circuit. And that varies. It goes back and forth between who's who. Um, mostly the people who are at the Performance Center and are actively training are are the florida circuit because they are they go back to orlando at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah well i was i don't know i was really excited about this and i thought that oh maybe there's a chance that uh that kushida would be there and sure enough he came out on the main event i had basically given up hope that it was going to happen because the first half of the show was you know a bunch of yahoos you know the, the 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 low card people that I I mean I didn't know most of them but it was still fun to see them work um, and then they started sending out bigger and bigger names from NXT we got to see uh, what's her name the women's champion um, Shannon Baszler yeah I I don't know how I feel about her because I do I do like like I I, I hate her mm-hmm. you know. Yes. In the way that, like, I hate Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think Brian Cage is just so much better for me. I actually, like, I don't know. I need to not see pictures of Brian Cage smiling and, and making me like him. Because it makes me, it makes him less effective of a heel. But this woman, like, I, I don't know. It just, it's walking a line and not being, not being shitty enough. I I I don't I don't watch a lot of NXT anymore because I don't have the mm. network anymore. But mm. I, from what I've seen, Shane Bowser, she's a, a better worker than Ronda Rousey. Uh, I think she's a better heel. than yeah. Ronda Rousey is. Uh, I think she's done a good job at brutalizing. I, just, I, I think it's just kind of like not quite there. She's good, but it just I don't know for some reason it doesn't work for me. But that's just for me, you know. I think she's quantitatively talented you know i think she's she's a good wrestler if she was if she was not talented she would not be in the place that she's at in nxt i just think that it could i just think it could be bigger i don't know my my exposure to her is low and i would be willing to give her more of a chance i saw one match in person and Mm -hmm. and one in takeover i am not qualified to really make a judgment on the woman's career who did she wrestle I don't know. Uh, I didn't know her name. I think she, I think she was basically a jobber, but she was very talented. It was a surprisingly good match. Um, I don't know. She's a she's a known entity. I don't really know. <sighs> Who else did you um, see? Who did you see uh, aside from Kushida and her? In her? 
I'm trying to think. The War Raiders were there, which was really no, fun. No, Eric. No, please, they got, please, please uh, the Viking I, experience. I I heard what that crowd chanted. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm fairly certain that their title is the Viking Experience. Mm-hmm. The worst tag team name I've ever heard in my entire life. It's pretty hilarious. It's insane. There were all, there were a lot of upset people there. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I understand. Yeah. I would. I just laugh when I first when I I thought that was a joke on Twitter. I thought mm-hmm. people were joking when they when I saw a bunch of Viking experience jokes and yeah, it, went on it looked, from the night before the night the brawl before when they premiered they debuted. I was like, yes. that's a joke. This is a meme. And yes. nope, nope. There's they the Skyrim shield uh, is in their Titantron. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's very dumb. That's, They're great wrestlers. Uh, They're great wrestlers. I love them. I love them in cool. in New Japan and Ring of Honor. Uh, and they're great, and I hope that they outlive that name. Hopefully, they shorten it to VX. Shorten it up randomly, and at some point, they just go, no, they're VX, <laughs> and then it doesn't matter anymore. Hopefully, they can just let them do what they want. I we only got to, we only got to micromanage everything. Who did uh, who did Kashida wrestle? Oh goodness, um, it was Adam Cole's compatriots. All, all of them? It's just those two dudes. He's got like two dudes in the stable with him, doesn't he? He has three dudes in the stable with him. Well, it was two. I don't know. Bobby Fish? Roddy Roderick Strong? I'm going to tell you. I, Kyle, uh, I, Kyle I started, O'Reilly? I started watching NXT again with the last takeover, so I don't know all this shit. <laughs> I don't know how you know it all. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. You just remember. I just remember things. Hey, it's all good. No, I'm I I'm I'm playing a lot of catch up with NXT. I just happen to live in a place where they they have shows, and it's mm-hmm. it, it is it is my tickets cost ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So like you it's, can't fucking beat that. I have paid three times as much for an indie wrestling show that fucking sucked. Okay, I'm NXT operates at a loss. It is not. Yes. It is not there to make them. They make them money on the touring. It is largely to try and help, like just add to get people experience. You know, not everyone. Not all of them are Kushida or the War Raiders. A lot of them have never wrestled, and like they don't. They haven't toured. You know, they their experiences maybe on the indie wrestling circuit, maybe not. They might just have been recruited into the performance center, so they are like learning the ropes. Mm-hmm. And that means including and performing in front of live audiences and going on tours and all that stuff. So that's, they're not NXT if they, they're largely just Florida circuit in, in, in particular is very much get people experience, get mm-hmm. people in the seats to cheer and do stuff. You know, that is, that is okay with me. I will go to a basically free yes wrestling show. That's, I mean, certainly for the money, amazing. Right. You know, really good. Um, can't even think of who else was on the card. There were not. A, oh, I did. I was really pleased. Like, I I wasn't blown away by seeing the Street Profits um, on, uh, on TakeOver. Mm-hmm. But they were at this live show, and they're great. 
They're absolutely fantastic. Very funny, very charismatic. Um, I'm whatever I can't. I don't remember their names, but um, well, there's the, the, the there's, one of them. The, there's the good one, and then the dead weight. <laughs> who's the dead weight? The big guy. The big guy is the dead weight. Yeah, Angela Dawkins has been in WWE developmental for I think six years. I literally I saw him when I was. I went to live shows in like 2013 when, I, when it was still FCW. Angelo Dawkins was wrestling then and doing the exact same stuff he does now. He has not changed. <laughs> He's very big, and I think he, you know, he knows how to wrestle at a very basic level. Like he can do bumps and he can he can work through a match. And Mont, it's a matter of time before Montez Ford. Who is incredibly charismatic and a much oh, better, he's, no, he's very much good. better than in everything in all ways than Angelo Dawkins. Montez Ford is going to says goodbye, and then he becomes a successful solo wrestler at a certain point. <sighs> I I have nothing against Angelo Dawkins, but Montez Ford is the Shawn Michaels of the team. Angelo Dawkins is the Genetti, and at some <laughs> point, Montez Ford is going to kick him through a barbershop window. Through a barbershop window. You don't know the you you need I don't, a, I don't know you that need, you need to catch up on your your uh, your 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 heart your your the 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 rockers lore the that's that's how the the rockers the Shawn Michaels and Janetti mm-hmm. they broke up because they went to they went on um, Brutus the Barber Beefcake's talk show segment which it was the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they had a little barbershop set, and there's a window there. And famously, Shawn Michaels split up the Rockers by putting Janetti through the window. And it's that's the and there's there's even a, a very famous call from about you know the, the callback to Bobby Heenan and him talking about how Janetti threw himself through the window. You know how dare he do that? <laughs> but that is how that is how famously many people refer when you look at a tag team and you it's the rockers and you go like one is a future hall of famer and the other is a dude <laughs> and that's what kind of this this is above all the other tag teams in the WWE I don't think there's any of them that I clearly can go one is great and a future star and the other is he's there but that's I Montez Ford is great Street Profits are great because Montez Ford is in them I will agree. I haven't watched enough of their matches to have that opinion, but offhand, yeah, he's definitely a lot more fun. But he got the whole crowd chanting for Easter <laughs> because he was he was he was yelling, "It's Easter!" at his opponents for whatever <laughs> odd reason, and that that turned into everyone chanting easter bunny for whatever reason it was ridiculous fun it was a it was a fucking great night are you ready for a uh from for me checking in and a huge downer for a huge dinner what huge downer oh well you are a, you are a bummer dude i know i know i can't help it I just have a, I have a book to check in with a very very good book about a very kind of uh, dim and dark and kind of sad subject. Great! It's a nonfiction book. It's very good, and I wholeheartedly recommend it. It is called Chesapeake Requiem by Earl Swift. It is about the crab fishermen of the Tangier Islands, which are very very small islands in Chesapeake Bay. And they are getting smaller by the day. 
mm. because of global warming, of climate change. And there is a lot of evidence that it is that is why that the they, they've always they've been they've there's the size of these islands have always has changed throughout history and this book does a, a terrific job of exploring the history of, of the of these islands of the people who live there and how those islands and the surrounding weather and climate and nature has affected how people live on those islands and it is a very clear that as as climate change and global warming has become more and more of a thing as we have basically as science has has been able to record as how much cl climate change has affected sea levels rising the islands have started shrinking and they now are shrinking at an accelerated rate uh they probably won't exist in 20 years unless we do something drastic and if hundreds of people live on these islands um well, they're they're going to have to move because God knows nothing's going to change. That's and that's the the book does a lot. Uh, he spent a year in change with these people, lived with them, which is uh, and it's they are they are extremely closed off. Uh, they they it's a still very remote place. They didn't have electricity until the seventies. They they get their mail on a boat every day. Uh, like there there's. I think they had two high school graduates. They have a school that teaches every child on the island, and they had two graduates the, the past year, and it's assumed that they're going to leave at this point. Like, no one stays anymore, and now all the older people who have lived on the island a long time are also dying off, so there's a smaller and smaller and smaller population. Uh, all the people on the island are completely ignorant to climate change, and they don't think it's affecting anything at all. They don't understand, ah, it's just erosion. The sea ain't, you know, they're not they're you know they're, it's a, a bunch of crab fishermen you know they're mm -hmm. not they're not educated most of them dropped out of high school uh very few of them the have have a, even a finished high school uh education and even fewer like have like are thoughtful about anything aside from crabs um, i mean you can you can call they're they're dumb rednecks it's okay they're they are a very particular kind of redneck you know they're mm -hmm. you know they're not they're not the proto prototypical southern redneck but they are de definitely a sea redneck i guess you would call mm -hmm. them um but and i and ultimately the book is very much it's asking that question of like it is an it's a it's it's a very very small community we get tons of crabs so many of our our, our soft shell crabs come from this very particular area and, and like without these people fishing them we don't get them and that's the kind of pragmatic reason why you would think we like very if we throw enough money at this problem you can save these islands you know, it it would take a lot of money. You just build seawalls. You throw in more. You 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 boat in. You barge in a lot of extra dirt, and you just basically just throw. You pile up dirt until it's a it raises the sea level, so that even if sea levels rise and they will, the islands are still there, and people are they're still going to have to change and adjust their lives. But you could save these islands if you really, really want. If we really wanted to, if we wanted to spend millions, maybe maybe you know hundreds of millions of dollars, you could save these islands and the hun a couple, the few hundred people who still live there. The question is, and it's the question the book really, and I think it smartly focuses on this. The question it focuses on, the book kind of raises, is 
where do we draw the line for this? Because this is this is going to be the first um, U.S. community that is going to be destroyed by by sea level rise. There will be many well, others afterwards, but this is the first. Well, they're poor, so who cares? Let it, them die. That is largely the 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 sentiment of most people. And the book itself is like it's they because they've had and it's it's really you know the the question of government bureaucracy and if we're going to spend money on helping them and or not and uh, this book does cover the 2016 election and how everyone on the island voted for Trump and he even like has told them yeah we'll save you yeah and nothing has changed so yeah they're probably going to have to abandon their island at some point but the question is what what is the line for for communities threatened by sea level rise when do we step in is it do we have to wait till miami or new orleans is threatened no we still or, won't give a shit no or, or, it's gonna have to be i mean no one gives a shit about of new orleans but uh maybe miami because there's a lot of rich people there a lot, a lot well a lot of drug money or something in there i don't know someone someone made a lot of money uh, because that's really that's 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 all it is. No one no one gives a shit until a rich person is mad. Like it, that's all that they that's the only thing that matters. Everyone's I mean, gonna sit on their hands until a fucking shitload. I mean, like I don't know a a billion poor people die. A billion? I who knows? Yeah. I mean, Why did you have to talk about this? <laughs> I hey it's it it it's you should you should watch the contrapoints uh video called the apocalypse where she talks about how we're all just kind of pretending that it's not going to happen. Well, this book is really well written. It's really interesting look at a secluded community. Um it's very well researched uh both about the history of the community and the people who live there now. It all the all the dudes in it reminded me of the dudes I knew. The dumb rednecks that you grew up with. Dumb rednecks who are like complete idiots, but are so good at one thing. You're like kind of astounded by it. And that's the, like they know crabs so well, like they're, they're that like, they are very good at catching crab and they'll, they'll go, they'll push themselves to ridiculous limits to catch crab because they have to, or they'll die. Yeah. They'll starve. And like, that's, it's very fascinating. Um, it's also frustrating, but it, I, I think it's it, people. Everyone should read it because it is our future. Because it is very much like, hey, like, and it's insane because it starts. The book starts with the the writer going out to the, a northern island uh, that no one lives on anymore because all the water it has too much water on it. Too much of it has been erased. Anybody who used to live on it abandoned it long ago because they saw the they saw the tea leaves. But it starts with the writer going with this woman who routinely, you know, drives around it on her boat and find goes to these islands trying to salvage stuff. And they find he they find human remains washed up because there was a cemetery on this island. Mm. And now it's washing away all the remains of people who were buried there and they're just kind of around and you can just stumble onto a skull just sitting on a whenever the water's low and it really sets the tone for the book it's really it's great chesapeake requiem i would definitely suggest it um 
other thing is decidedly less grim, Eric. That is a video game called Forager. So, you know the game Stardew Valley? I indeed do. I want you to think about Stardew Valley. And now, after you, when you think about Stardew Valley, I want you to take away all the story. I want you to take away all the characters. All the, <laughs> all the writing. I want you to take away all the... There's none of that. And I'll take away even, like, maintaining a farm. Take away mm-hmm. that, too. I, all I want you to do is you are making buildings. You are foraging for things. You're hitting stuff with a pickaxe, rocks and trees and animals. And you're taking the stuff they drop. And you're turning that stuff into a refined version of that stuff, and then you're using those refined versions to make another thing that make more things, and you're just gonna you slowly level up and unlock a new building that you could build that makes this a is, new this thing. This is borderlining on like being a clicker. You are one hundred percent correct, and I love it. <laughs> it is sheer progression. It is just does your, does your wife like this game? She has not played it yet. Do you think she would like it? I think she would. Yes, I've told her those exact words. But it is a great game to chill and relax, to, to chill out and turn off your brain. You just you just walk around, you, you hit stuff with a pickaxe, you decide, hey, I, what do I want to do next? Um, I, and you, and you, you, you are like a little island, and as you get more gold, you can buy more land that's a, like, that is a little bit of a sliver of water removed. And so you just build more land, and then there's different, like, biomes. There's, like, hey, it's, like, a desert ant land that has cacti. And then there's, like, the mountain land that has, like, lava guys and evil bad guys with swords. And so, you know, as you expand... I have not reached the edge yet. I've played for, like, five-plus hours. Um, I, and I don't... I could probably... You could probably go online and find, like, the most efficient way to, you know, an upgrade path and everything. I'm just kind of having fun just kind of, like, clicking stuff and see what happens. You know, there's there's chickens. They lay eggs. There's there's a big monster thing. You hit it with a your pickaxe, and it you get meat from it. There's a museum where you can donate all the things that you find, and that gets you special stuff. You unlock new like little uniforms for your little dude, your little cartoon dude. It's it's like a fun, simple, like kind of crafting game. And at a certain point, yes, you basically don't have to play it anymore if you don't want to. I could just leave it, and it would it would go but it's it's not it's not definitely not an idle game in in, in the truest form like it, it wants you to continue to do things as you go i don't it doesn't it it, it is the loosest de- definition of an idle game but it definitely is for people who love like progression trees and that stuff it is that i'm a fan i and it's great to like you know and i just want to like put itself on my second monitor a Twitch stream or a YouTube video and have that. Pl- I'm mostly paying attention to that and just kind of walking around and hitting rocks with a hammer. Uh, our great grandparents used to whittle, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yes, exactly. It's whittling. That's that's mm-hmm. it's the whittling the game. Yes, exactly. That's what this, these shits are. That's the new that's that's going to be the. <laughs> That's going to be the subgenre du jour in five years. They're just going to mm-hmm. someone's going to pick up on it and just call it. It's a whittling. It's one of those. It's a whittler. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Cool. Cool. You ready to talk about uh, some dinosaurs, Eric? Um, or a dinosaur? There's only there one. is one one dinosaur. Yeah. Don't don't. It's not a Velociraptor. No, don't call it that. How dare yeah. you? 
It's a it's word something I, else. That's a word I don't I can't, know what it yeah, is. I, I don't I'm not going to look it up. I don't know how to pronounce it. So it's like a It's Diplodocus. Sure. It's it's not a it's not a Diplodocus. It's a T Rex. Yeah, I can say those words. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club. This is the part of the show where I talk about a, a book, a comic book, that we assign. Like, it's a, a collected work, discuss it in depth. This week, it is Runaways, Volumes 1 and 2, by Ray Rao and Chris Anka. This is the 2017 Runaways, which we'd previously uh, read an issue two of. I think we read at least two. Yeah, we read two. And then we went, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. Which is what we've done. Eric, you are... You are the Runaways fan, TM. Yes, I do trademark everything that I am. What do you think after reading, reading two volumes? So, tonally, there's a lot of good things going on here. Um, I think she captures the character personalities, which are very strong in the Brian K. Vaughn book. Very strong, very different from each other, very distinct. She does a very good job of capturing all of them. Um I do think it's funny that Victor's personality is randomly speaks Spanish, though. Um, but th- despite our misgivings, which were it's too decompressed, it's too slow, I think that they do take advantage of all that decompression and slowness to really capitalize on, I think, very good character work. Um, there's some stuff that there's some stuff in here that I'm uh, that, like, I really think about, like, you know, that like, of, of course they'd want to get back together and be around their friends, or at least in the context of, you know, picking up this, uh, this story again, you know, mm-hmm. and sure shit changes and it's a lot of complicated things. And interesting feelings for these characters to have to deal with. And I really like that about it. It's just mining more character out of who they are. And I did appreciate it for that. It's just a little lopsided. Because there's there's stuff that you can... You don't need to show me, like, a whole issue of Gert being brought back to life. You know? Nico's a... Is fucking magic. I don't know that it's really all that fun to watch her, you know, fail to magic for a while. I, I don't know. The interesting things, it gets more interesting as it builds. Kind of undoing all the deaths that meant a lot in the original run. I, I don't, it's comic books. I don't know. It's going to happen, of course. We don't, book two ends with Alex coming back. And I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, I don't get any, I don't get any information on why. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good. I'm interested what you think about it so far. Um, I think there is a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of good. <laughs> I want to say that. I want to say that first. I want to say there is a lot of good, and everything you just said is correct. I agree with it. Everything you said. I mean, usually, usually I am right. That's true. So. That's fair enough. Um, I don't know if it's just, I am just, I have too much writer brain going on. 
when I'm reading well, you're, it. You're you're also here to be writer brain, so that's true. So talk okay, about it, writer brain. It just every time, like you talk about the that early on, the that mm. where we spend so much time watching Gert come back, getting revived, oh, like for God, oof, it reading it again and we were not wrong the first time it takes no, a no. long time but they spent a lot of time just in an apartment and we're just like all right uh is there more than this comic um yeah eventually there is but it's not that is not the only time it happens and it, every time there is where scene where you get a scene and i am reading a lot of dialogue that is redundant mm-hmm. i am constantly going this is this is wasting time this is wasting space this is wasting you have so you have in in superhero comics in particular in for marvel where they're not going to they're not going to give you an extra 12 pages un, unless you are special they're definitely going to do it for this book you have so little real estate you you have it's 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 it is it's very valuable and every time i read these pages where i'm like that the scene where they um are not quite fighting the grandma mm-hmm. where they're semi fighting the grandma and someone takes a moment to make an aside about the cats and it doesn't happen just one time multiple times hey we're in the middle of this fight scene or semi fight scene Let's throw in a, a single panel wherever someone is just saying something and they're concerned about cats. I, I, I get it. I don't need to see that three or four. And then they get eaten anyway, mm-hmm. except for the one cat that's a good cat. All the other cats, they're evil. This is the one good cat we kept it. We kept the dinosaur from eating it. Uh, then why does it matter? If you have that's that's really what you're mad about. I'm. That's the. I think that will that will tell you exactly why i i'm trying to like focus in because i would normally be hyper protective of even fictional cats yeah yeah, i know i've i've seen you i've i I have met you right in this case i'm like pretty well in this case when i get to the point where the dinosaur is already eaten the cats is like coughing up a hairball i'm like all that for this it eats them eats them off panel we don't even see the dinosaur eating the cats just mm-hmm. just let us see it just do it and then it's over i don't need let's protect the cats let's protect the cats let's protect the cats and then oh the dinosaur ate the cats except for that one good one that's a good kitty we keep that good kitty like it's a it's wasting time the scene where they're the romantic scene with the butterflies with gert and the disembodied head <laughs> of of victor i don't it's a spend they spend an entire page talking about what the kiss means and like i love you because of this and this and this and the, for these reasons why don't why don't you just kiss why are you sp- spelling this out to me i it the kiss will tell me those things the kiss shows me that you're telling not showing just show me th- i understand when people if you i the, the arc of those two characters through these two volumes when Victor and her, Victor going to the link to hey let's fix the time machine we'll t- I'll take you anywhere you want to go and they go back to this you know time when the butterflies were not extinct and it's these beautiful strange butterflies that we haven't seen in a hundred years and 
them going on that journey together and them both deciding to do that together after what they've been through tells me everything I need to know about those characters. You don't need to spell it out to me. I already got it. Them, if you just have them be awkward and then they kiss, I get it. And it happens, but the problem is it then happens in the next scene again with two characters spelling out exactly why they're kissing. I'm like, I, I've read the comic book, guys. You don't need to, you don't need to spend another entire page telling me why these characters are going to kiss. I have been paying attention. I think that this is almost like a hallmark of some kind of genre fiction, specifically this. So I don't even, I don't really know much about what Rainbow Rowell writes, but I think it is like... It's YA stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's teen romance or some shit like that. I don't know. I mean, that's what, I mean, what what young adult as a genre means is, means less every day because more and more people... Well, it all, yeah, literally all it means. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I think her, 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 her general genre, like... Teen romance was what YA meant, I think, originally, and then it has mm-hmm. been co-opted. But yes, the um, genre tropes. But no, I mean, I just kind of think that for this audience, the talking, like, it's kind of part of it. It's it's not necessarily in my eyes that it's wrong. It's just kind of what this is. I mean, other stuff in here. I I mean, I agree with you. It's a weird mix of stuff that works and doesn't work. Um, that specifically, I'm of two minds of, because I'm going to think that there there is going to be a reader that can pick that up, and like that is 100% for. Like, they, they want that, you know? Like, they want... They want to pretend like they don't want it to be that big sparkling moment, but they want to still appreciate it, both ironically and non-ironically, and they want the thing spelled out to them. I don't know. It For me, it tracks. I don't know. I don't know if I would call it out that way, if it would just be me seeing it from my perspective and saying, yeah, that's weird. For me, I think that it's going for that, and it's kind of okay. But I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with her work. I know that written for me, I would want it to be different. I am. Well, I mean, I'll repeat the same thing that I was talking about in Fair Lady. This mm-hmm. is not a novel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that that is definitely what we even said when we reviewed the first two issues is not everyone transitions from writing prose to writing comics it's 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 own it's i mean just because you can write a novel does not mean that you can direct a film yes um and that's kind of like writing a comic is like directing a film but also you have to be wildly steeped in what comics are you can't just be a a big name youth fiction writer and come in and clean up i mean i think by and large this is good um and you know the the team they put together it's very smart they do a bunch of very fun things right i I, I, I think those are the things that shine in this i think it is yeah it is when 
because Kursanka is such a is a the artist in this is gorgeous. He mm-hmm. and the 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 design the character design is very 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 good. There's so much attention to it that it's almost insufferable to me. <laughs> like the 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 appendix at the end where it's like new clothes for issue seven, new clothes for issue eight. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> I I like I think there are like it's more about very specific. I think because we I have attachments to these characters from reading them previously. Those are the things that shine so much. You talked about character in your, you know, initially, and about how that shines through a lot. And they manage; they really communicate. There's very specific scenes that are a lot. They're full of charm that are fun that really communicate the characters really well, and also communicates the changes they're going through very well, and the changes yeah. that some of them are facing while others are not. Um, I, I think the book does manage to get a lot of those themes through but it is like a lot of the time it's the connective tissue that's failing for me and it's very it's still very much i i am just i am hyper focused now on any book i read about how dense the storytelling is about how well it is communicating an efficient story and i don't can you why did you have to send me that? That's perfect. That's that's the that's the that's the blurb on I, the back, well, which is the the worst thing it is. that I can think of. The, Eric, Eric just sent me a, 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 a screen cap of the perfect comic for millennials from that's, some some critic. I don't know some some someone someone who's an idiot says the perfect someone who comic does, for millennials. Someone who doesn't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> someone who is oh my god i think that i think largely what that should say is this book is bright and vibrant and not like normal superhero comics so yes. it's perfect for millennials um and that's i think that's what this is it is bright and vibrant and not like most superhero comics and it is it is conversational it largely avoids most like it, it is almost it is pacifistic to a fault, yeah, almost. Yeah, it's it's pretty precious about it. There's one fight scene; they lose handily, um, and then it's fine. And they don't like Molly is like, "No, don't beat up my grandma." Yeah, I'm like, well, I I I don't want to judge this by the you know how they how the original Runaways was necessarily, but. I do want some element of conflict that's not just we might break up because that's all the re- like I I would like some threat that is not oh cuz they have like this I feel like at certain points it does feel like they're trying to introduce like oh actually there is danger here like when when you know Victor first shows up and they're they are you know I think talking about victorious and like that kind of thing i feel like they're trying to hint it that's a danger we don't we gotta be you know he did kill uh vision's child we gotta and then it's just no it turns into like no i don't want to fight anymore i don't want a body because i'll just kill people with it and that's all there is he doesn't get maybe eventually that will happen where he gets pushed and he decides I will get a body again so I can protect protect people. But 
it's a, it comes back to the pace where I want more to happen. And I don't, is it, I'm going to ask you, Eric, what do you think? Is this decompression and the conversational style of this just antithetical to a fast-paced book or faster-paced book? Can you have both? Well, I know you can do this kind of character work in a faster-paced comic. I mean, I've seen it done. Um, I mean, I if I was going to assume based on this, I, I, I imagine that Rainbow Rowell writes a lot of stuff. The stakes are low. You know, you just sort of dwell with the characters, and it's it's about interpersonal conflicts and, you know, a lot of feelings. Right. Because that is what this is. Mm-hmm. I have a sample size of one. <laughs> um, I don't know how typical or atypical this is of the work that she does. Um, I don't, I mean, do I think that you can do this kind of style of writing? I, th- I think it is on the opposite end of some spectrum. You know, like, I think that there is a way to do, you know, really get in these characters' heads and say these things in a neater narrative while letting stuff happen. But that's not what this story is. I try to take it on the terms that it is Mm -hmm. of just this slow, meandering thing that's... I mean, it's even a little a little ADHD that like, oh, look, a shiny thing. Look at that, you know, and, you know, we're going to stop and talk about the cats for whatever odd reason. Um, it, it's it's largely just letting itself run all over the place, wherever it wants to go, you know, and it's I don't know. It's not about that overall narrative or even trying to do things quickly. So like, I don't know, whatever it's weird to me. <laughs> I don't know. Not bad. Odd. I, 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 I don't, I, I, it's, I struggle. I, I get that. I, I think ultimately I did like it, but ultimately at the end of the day, I was like, what did, what, what is hap- What happened? It it's I mean it's a tough thing because this I think has more I'm gonna not remember the name right but I think you're gonna remember the book that I'm because we we referred to it a bunch it was called Moonlight or do you know it was about like the the mm-hmm. the um I think it had like a a centaur that was a a, a barista mm-hmm. and she was like a werewolf or something. I don't remember entirely. No, but you're... we've talked about it a lot yes. on the podcast and otherwise. But it's this is borderline just like one of those books where people just want to exist in a world and be around pretty people that they like and just be in that world and be happy. And it's it's fluff and they like the gossip and they like the stupid low stakes drama and bullshit. And that's fine. And it's weird because they take a thing that's decidedly my shit and do this with it. And it works, but it also kind of doesn't work. And I think the parts that don't work are the parts that are just decidedly not my shit. And that's the thing that I kind of. I look at stuff like this and have to accept it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't 
like I would I don't think it's bad, but it is I just there I think it's I think it's decidedly not your shit. A thing that go ahead. It's the it just it goes against it's it's a and I think it is a a larger I don't know, a larger theory about Mm-hmm. how you're supposed to write a story yeah and i i agree with exactly yes and absolutely that's Continue. the part that i struggle with the most yeah. because i can i i yeah i know there's tons of stuff people make that i don't like and i don't they're not yes. it's not it doesn't make it bad because i don't like it yes or it's not for me yes it's when i think about it's more like critically about like how mm-hmm. you're supposed you're theoretically supposed to structure a story yeah. where you you it's it's like your personal theory of art. Yeah, and you, you and I think that you I think that it's it's a very real thing that needs to exist in storytelling, in particular. Um, do you want to finish your thought because I can go for a while? On no, this. no, you could go ahead. I've been kind of thinking about this, and I mean, professional wrestling is kind of what got me started thinking about it. Um. Because there was this thing, and I'm going to have to look it up, that, that Hiroshi Tanahashi said about um, his show. There it is. Uh, uh, a thing that Hiroshi Tanahashi said about Kenny Omega during their feud of 2018. Right. Um, he said that his wrestling... He didn't say that he disagreed with him philosophically. He said that it lacked Kishotenketsu. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? So I start looking it up, and it is a common story structure, like a four-act story structure, uh, that is common in a lot of non-Western storytelling. It's in kind of the DNA of storytelling in China, Japan, uh, Korea, just lots and lots of parts of Asia and, um, you know, the, the Pacific islands and stuff like that. And it got me thinking about stuff like monstrous and even other, like kind of related to monstrous, like Chinese comics that I've read, uh, that are just a fucking hot mess of storytelling, you know, just make no sense. And, like, I just don't like it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, have you ever watched any Bollywood movies? I've never watched an entire movie. I've seen, obviously, I've seen clips, but I've never seen a, a movie. It's kind of the same thing that it's, you know, to to my, the way I read things, it's a mess. And it is kind of colonialistic, almost, to impose, like, oh, no, that's not the way a story structure works because we definitely, we have this Western sort of idea of writing stories. I mean, I don't want to change the way I write and read stories and I don't think you should, but you know, it's, it's possible that even something that seems really shitty and bad, um, you know, it's just drawing on, storytelling and influences that are just weird and different and just i don't know it's a different thing than any way i would tell a story it's working with completely different rules 
And when you look at them, you look at it with the lens of those rules, it just looks wrong. But to another person, it looks right. You know, I don't mean to try and say this in a way that's so mushy that absolutely anything goes. You know what I'm saying? That's yes. certainly not what I'm that's certainly not what I'm trying to say. Like I I'm not gonna defend some of these things. Like I I I read some Chinese comics and it just seems like a big mush of nothing. And I'm like, well, this is kind of not really well written, you know, but it is it's a different tradition and maybe that's okay. And there's no there's no one way to make art, even though like I will certainly defend, you know, I will certainly defend like a good tight story structure and writing a certain way and the 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 craft of writing that I've come up in that I've been taught in college and that you and I discuss over this podcast I will I will defend that I think it's better I think that this these comics kind of exist a little bit outside it and there's plenty of stuff that a lot of people love there's whole people that their whole narratives exist way outside it. And I don't know what that right answer is. I just have to know what I need to know to make art that works. I mean, I think that's ultimately what I come back to is that I, I've read YA books. Yeah. And they, I don't know that this, right. They still function. They still function by the same rules that I would, I would judge all pros by. Correct. At a certain point when I say, Oh, I'm confused by what happens or I feel bored. That is a, I, I, I'm not going to, I can't go, Oh, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I go, I understand it. It fails. <laughs> I don't, the, the job, I don't, you know, there's depending on what you want to, you know, if you're reading a comic book and I, I theory, a Marvel comic book, not, you know, it's not, this is not Joe Dorowski. This is not like, you know, this is not humanoids mm -hmm. or whatever. Yes. I would think you want a clear story that, uh, you know, attaches the readers to these characters that can mm -hmm. communicates uh, a connection to the greater Marvel universe and has fun superhero adventures, whatever that means. That isn't, it means less than it ever did before, but yeah, uh, you know, it's a Marvel comic. It has it on the tin. I, you know, I, I want that in a certain way. And I think it gets better as you go. I think volume two is better than volume one appreci mm -hmm. appreciably. Mm -hmm. um, and it may, that might just be, Hey, she is rainbow. Rao and Chris Hanka work together for the, that period of time. They're better at communicating ideas, uh, better at writing comic books, whatever. I just, I, 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 I want people, I don't want, it's not even her. It's every, like, I, talk about brian michael bendis all the time when he tr trim the fat to mm -hmm. cut cut the excess don't be so you, you you say they're precious and that's like ugh, that is also and it's moonstruck is the name of that comic book you're thinking moon of. yeah i looked up i i literally while you were t talking eric i looked to centaur barista and <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it came up oh god i i I love typing stupid shit into Google. It's so good. So, I don't I, know. I, 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 I just think that my, 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 my larger point is sometimes the stupid shit that doesn't work is the point. 
you know, like it's it. I, I, I think that there are a lot of people that the flawed fucked up thing that this is to us, that it's hitting, it's hitting a, at least close to the right mark. I do think that I do think that Rainbow Rowell is is improving tremendously as she's not written any comics ever to having written a couple and then has written a whole arc and then has written a second arc. Um, I think I mean, I do think a lot of it was she's writing it much more like much more like it is. It's prose. It's a novel she's learning more what works in a comic she's getting more comfortable with it and anka is just being like fashion atlas over here carrying the whole book i i i just i don't want i i, I don't want to sound overly critical because i ultimately think the book it is works good. right it, it works more than it doesn't work yes i i we've read much worse comics than this it's just it's, it's, At the end of the day, this is pretty good. I want to read number three. I want to be way more positive than I am not positive. I don't like. I don't like Carolina and Nico getting together. I don't like that. I don't want it. <laughs> I I, uh, I like I like I liked Power Pack Girl being in. It. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's uh, I that I, I also agree that I don't like. And I'm I I would also put I would also say that it's quite possible that this spins into a later arc, but it feels that at a certain point, like up until Grandma is evil, which is not I it's pretty I don't know it's pretty clear, fairly quickly. Hey, Grandma's not good. Uh, Grandma's not great. But up until it's very until it's clear that Grandma's evil, I feel like the book is like it feels like. Why on earth are these people leaving these lives mm -hmm. for this, for this family? Uh, they murdered a bunch of people. They got a bunch of people killed of their own as well, which we've, they've come back. We brought them back to life. Um, I mean, the superheroes, whatever, like you said. But at a certain point, you're like, why are they willing to leave these lives behind? Especially, yeah. uh, I, especially like. She's in a relationship mm -hmm. and seemingly very happy and she's in college. Why on earth yeah. is she going back to the, the insane life? There's a dinosaur. Sure and seems like it ruined her relationship. Yeah. You just end with the why? I don't know. Maybe. And that, that certainly is a future grist for the mill. Um, But uh, like a few of them, like, yeah, there's they don't want their, you know, Gert got brought back to life against her will so it's not like she can just go oh yeah i'll just go back and go to college you know it's, it's tough for her but and molly was with an evil grandma with psychic cats not great trying to like give people powers when they don't really want them um but that's right i for a large part i was like i don't i don't know about all this about these people abandoning their new lives for the like they weren't having like they were forced into that life because all their parents were evil. Mm -hmm. They didn't choose that. Why would you choose that again? I think it's, I mean, why would I date three different women with daddy issues and uh, that were extremely needy that are going to kill me in the long run? 
It's because we fucking seek what's familiar. I don't. I under no circumstances do I have a hard time buying that. I know it's it's, I, and that that is not. I don't know if that's a failing. It's more of just like you know you get frustrated because the characters are making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why would you do that? But I I I like of all the problem. Ev- the problem is, is everyone's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, and it's they're still very young. So yeah, I did stupid, very very stupid things when I was a, a younger person. So sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know i i like largely like the 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 arcs of things i like largely the character and the the themes that connect everything uh i like victor and him choosing not to have a body because he doesn't want to hurt anyone you know i like that that's actually using the stuff that they've gone through in the intermediate time from the original book and using it as like using it very successfully i don't know why gert is kissing him it doesn't make a lot, it doesn't add up to me. That's the thing. I honestly I could deal with the Niku and all that that stuff I could deal with. Gert just kissing and falling in love with a head. I mean, Victor's nice, but he's still just a head. I feel like Gert is the person who is most likely to put sapiosexual on her fucking dating profile. <laughs> uh she's I uh, she's also she is the youngest, uh, other than Molly. She's, yeah, at she, this point, yes. You don't get to. I count. do think that's. You know, I think that's an extremely interesting plot point, though. That she, you know, they skip three years of her life or something like that. I think that's fantastic. Yes, everyone. Uh, <laughs> everyone's older except she's not. She has not gotten the the benefit of aging a couple years. Getting slightly she was smarter. Kind of, right, she was the, like the most mature one, and now she's like the least and she's just moody and dumb i i do appreciate of everything i do appreciate her changing her hair mm-hmm. even no, though i like that a lot even though it is very tropey like you know you get a haircut you know characters get growth you should give them a haircut but it is very much like no there's maybe in like 2002 or whatever the original runaways came out yeah there weren't a lot of people with purple hair mm-hmm. now there's many more lots, lots of people have you know quote-unquote crazy hair colors mm-hmm. so she's just like oh i'm everyone has purple hair now <laughs> i appreciate that i mean again it's 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 those it's those moments that i think the book excels at so it's a specific scene specific moments it's more of getting to those moments where i think it falters of of getting a character from a to b and why are they doing this you know, I think it spends a lot of time with these characters about to kiss and them explaining all that, but then it doesn't spend any time getting me to why you know why Gert and Victor, why Gert and why him, you know they're like oh and, yeah. and he's explaining all this. I'm like, well, why is she like? I don't know. I don't know. I think the book ultimately is. I think it, it for me it ultimately is good, and I think for people it's more closely aimed for. I think they probably appreciate it much more than I do. I think the characters are written fairly well, and I think the the art is obviously beautiful. I, I, I at a certain point, I'm just tired of characters talking about their feelings while they eat cereal in superhero. I comics. mean, cereal's good though. Not good for you. It's not the best for you. There are better things for you. High fiber cereal's good for you. Yeah, but I don't like high fiber cereal. 
You better I, learn to like it, old man. I like all the garbage. I like fruity pebbles. <laughs> the garbage is good too. Guess what? You can uh, eat all the fruity pebbles I want now. You you can you can mix them together and oh no, get the best of both worlds. Oh god, Ugh, I don't know if I want that. It's good. I will I I will do it all the time. Um, I don't know that we at, like literally volume three came out this week. So if you want to go read that, Eric, it's uh, it it is there for you. Well, I just bought it. I sent you ten bucks. Oh, okay, that was easy. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a mark. What am I gonna do? I know you're. I mean, I is it? Do you do you think any of it is the attachment to these characters because you you know you like the Runaways so much? Original Runaways. Um, would you suggest it to people who like that original comic? I mean, I do think I, I think it's one hundred percent generational. You know, I think this book is it's right there on the cusp of being too young for me. Um, so I think it's touch and go whether it works for a fan of the original series or not. I mean, I think that Brian K. Vaughn at any age can write rings around. Anybody? Uh, yes, including Rainbow Rowell. Um, this is good. It's younger should be i mean read this if you like if you like petty inter interpersonal drama and I, I i'm saying this with no judgment or reservation petty interpersonal drama stories with a lot of air in them and just sort of existing in a world like a lot of people i mean how many times have we brought up questionable content multiple times we probably even have brought it up in the context of this comic book way back when it's quite possible yeah, because it's it's very apt because, I mean, there are a lot of readers that just like I just want to see my favorite characters like that's all that they care about, you know, like they just want to see that strip and be like, oh, Hanners, you know, and, and I mean, is that what this is? I mean, kind of. I think that's a very apt comparison. Yeah, because um, I will tell you something, Eric. When I mm -hmm. realized that questionable content was never going to actually get to something. It, no, of course. I stopped reading. Same. Same. After about like, I, and it's a lot. Like I read a lot. I, I, read, read, like, I read like I, a thousand strips or something, you know? No, I've, I read that shit. I mean, I, I probably found it and stopped reading within a year, maybe two years. Um, and I definitely got to a point where I was, but yes, exactly that happened. But, like, I just went through a couple of months of just being like, okay, joke, 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 joke. And it's not even, like, really good setups of jokes. It's not even, like, whatever, you know? It is, it's just existing. It's, it's milking the cash cow. It's being in that space, you know? I mean, look at, look at sitcom writing in the 80s and 90s. You know, it, it's... There's something about, I mean, you can't even call it art as much as it's just like, I need comfort. You know, my life is terrible and I want to come home and exist in a safe space. And that is in fiction. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even to call a sitcom fiction, I mean, it's ridiculous. I forget how they call what they called it and why art, you know. Was it the dioramas or what was it? You, you know what I mean, right? 
when we read Why Art a couple of weeks ago. I do not remember. It was like she's listing off, like, here are the different kinds of art. and But I don't know. One of them is like presenting this this space and it's a it's escapism right that that works you know it is and it is that i don't know bless people they need it like i i who am i to tell people that they can't have their their stupid um dramas where everyone fucks everybody for whatever reason or their christmas movies or their fucking hallmark movies or whatever like it doesn't mean that, like, there's – I'm going to – I don't know. I'm still going to operate that, like, this is objectively better than this, but, like, I don't know. Try to not to yuck other people's yum. And this, I would say, is about 70% someone else's yum. But there's an, there's enough in here for me. Okay. I I find this book very interesting on that level. Right. That That I'm like – you know, what does this person want? Like, I mean, Rainbow Rowell is a wildly successful, a best-selling author, even. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, a big a big name in, um, in possibly the biggest non-porn writing genre, you know? E- probably. Yeah, it, prob- w- I mean, it, it, it probably is that. It is probably the, the most profitable. Uh, non-porn, yes. right? Non-romance or erotica, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. I, I, she's doing something right. She's connecting with someone, and there, there is that whole aspect of storytelling is finding someone and connecting with them. And I think that that's even kind of at the heart of all the bullshit that I'm talking about. You know, with like the fucking the Kishoken Ketsu or whatever in the fuck it was called and and, you know, <laughs> Bollywood movies and whatever I fucking ranted about, you know, like it, 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 it just because that is a thing that works for us. It doesn't mean that that's all that storytelling has to be. And I don't know. At the end of the day, it's about connecting art with people. And I think that there's someone out there that this does and I don't know, bless them. I think it actually is. It, it has a lot of good in it that much. I can see from my perspective, if I was more excited about pretty dresses, I think I could, he does have a good eye though. Anka really does. They, they, I, I will admit, I, I there are some banging, there are some banging outfits in there. I just I, think that it's I like precious of, to. Yeah, oh, I, I do too. I like all of them. They're very, very, very good. Yes, as a yes, I, I have, I have, I, I own skinny jeans. I care, you know. They're mm-hmm. not really. They're they're slim. I don't wear skinny jeans. I have one pair of skinny jeans. Are they real? Are they actually skinny? Or are they slim? No, they're actually skinny. I think. They're, I think. Eric, slim is better we're, also, we are we are we are big boys they're also yellow yeah i know they don't look they, i have seen them yeah they're, they're 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 not flattering on you sir i, I love you i'm but they're yellow what am i that's my, i know those are my I, know. Choices. I know i understand i don't know I, I i ultimately i think the book is worthwhile and worth reading uh it's, yes i think it just has its flaws like everything else does it is just and it just it's very it's very, it's a very, a very particular thing for me. 
and that's it's not i don't think it i don't think most people even think about that honestly they don't think uh like oh is this necessary all the time only writers think about writing only writers read a thing and think about the how it was put together I still ultimately I would probably suggest it to most most runaways fans and most people who like good comics you know like it's not I would with my critiques aside it's no different than you mm-hmm. know what Bendis does it just has less fighting in it it's fluffier yeah it's a little fluffier mm-hmm. frankly I like this much more than any recent Bendis comic so uh, so folks that was Runaways Volumes One and Two by Rainbow Row and Chris Anka. Next time, two weeks' time, we'll be discussing Maneaters. Yes, Maneaters Volume 1 by Chelsea Kane and Kate Nemechek, the, the team behind the controversial Mockingbird comic that got fired. <laughs> and they went, oh, we'll make our own comic with Blackjack and Hookers. Mm. And uh, There was and, no reason for that book to be controversial. No, it really <laughs> There was no reason, uh, but we'll be talking about. We're going to read that. I've not even looked at it, so I'm it's shape shape shifting cat people, cat cat girls. We're going to look at that, see what it, see how we think about it, see what we feel. Uh, read along mm-hmm. with us if you'd like. Uh, it'll be in two weeks. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we are the Hands Boys Comics Hour. You can find us find us everything we do at handsboyscomicshour.com. dot com. Find links to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Uh, Facebook.com slash HandsBoysComics Hour. Twitter at HBC Hour. Email us at HandsBoysComics at gmail.com. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. Go or whatever podcast app you use uh, and give us a, re- a good review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All those things help. Help us find new listeners. We appreciate it. Um, you can find me online uh, on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can go to my website, RobbieDorman.com, where you can find a link to purchase my debut horror novel, Conquest. is available now on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Go check it out. Eric. What's your what's your what's your novel about, Robbie? Uh, it's about a small mountain town in northwest United States, besieged uh, by werewolves and wildfires in the midst of a culture war. That's a that's that sounds fascinating. I agree. I can't, sh- I can't I can't I can't wait to buy it and read it. Everyone I listening should also do that. I agree with Eric okay. on, on this. Yes, as the person, I'm very smart. You should per- listen to as me. As the person who wrote the book, I wholeheartedly agree that you should buy it. <laughs> Eric, where can they find you and your things online? <laughs> Read Robbie's book so you don't have to contribute to his GoFundMe later. Uh, you can see my portfolio by going to uh, freewillunlimited.com. You can also see many of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as easygoodnight. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.